I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. Our next guests are the co-founders of the nonprofit organization, Rebels for Peace. They are an organization that is bringing hope and faith into the city through shifting the mindsets of those that are at risk for destructive behaviors. Dejan and Prince share their personal experiences that led them to Rebels for Peace, as well as some insight into the root cause of some of the violence and crime that our city faces. Please enjoy my conversation with the Rebels for Peace. Gentlemen, Dejan and Prince, yes. and Rebels for Peace. It's been a long time. You look different. You look like you've gotten some height on you. I don't know if other people tell you that, but uh, you, you look good. Both of you look good. You look healthy. Thank like you're thriving. I'm, I'm excited to catch up with you guys. Uh, I, you know, to give people some background, we, we did an episode on your podcast. Uh, is it still out there in the world or not yeah. really? It is. Where can people find it? Because I don't think I've watched it. Um, you could find it... Um Actually, we got a lot of snippets on the Instagram page. On, on Instagram, yeah, so. Rebels for Peace Instagram page, a whole bunch of snippets. I think it's like two to three snippets. It's uh, it's probably the first show I was on, but uh, I don't think I've seen it yet. But uh, yeah, what I'm I'm excited to catch up with you guys, hear more about what you guys have been up to. We shared that you guys have been so busy that you haven't been able to you know churn out as much content as you'd like, but because you're actually so busy in the real world, yes. which is a good thing, right? Um, and uh, to give people some background uh or some foundation to understand where you guys are coming from what should people know about you guys and your group rebels for peace just to start off just a bit, some background info well, i could just start off and say rebels for peace is a youth-led organization that's based in chicago and primarily focusing on showing the youth in our community the power of the mind and mm-hmm. resilience and giving them an opportunity to talk about those things. Like in our community, we don't really have the space to express ourselves or be heard mm-hmm. in schools or for the youth. You know, a lot of their demonstrations in there is to have them sit down and follow a certain code of conduct. Mm-hmm. So we try to allow them to have a space in the school where they have a voice and where they are um, able to be themselves, connect with their youth is, on a different level. Is this level. within the school or kind of after school programs? So with the youth from fourth through eighth grade, oh, that's okay. in the schools. Oh. So we're working in two different schools right now on the south side. And we've been doing that for the last three years. Wow. We started post-COVID virtually. And after that, we got invited to start coming inside the schools. So for the last three years, we've been doing that and running a 15-week program with them. Hmm. And then oh. it's during school too. Um, um, we get an hour with each of the classrooms. So is that is that enough for you guys? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough time. Do, do the kids feel the same way? Hell yeah! You feel like they come up to me, you feel that they come up to us and tell us like you feel me, like can we come up here at any time of the day and have these type of talks with y'all? Like when we feeling down or feeling some type of way, can we come 
you feel me? Can we, can, can, just, just can we come chat with y'all? You feel mm-hmm. me? We have to break it down to them. Like, we only get an hour with y'all. You feel me? They'd mm-hmm. be sad. Like, damn, like, we rather have this than some of our other classes. You feel mm-hmm. me? Because we're talking about real life stuff that they going through day to day. You feel me? We not just going off a of curriculum. You feel me? We actually yeah. bringing it back to their real life. You feel me? They feeling that. I don't think I ever found out or asked you guys, but like what in your personal lives have led you to Rebels for Peace or the creation of Rebels for Peace? Um, I can speak for myself. Um, so it's because the way that I grew up, you feel me? I didn't really see too many options for myself, and that was just because of the way that I seen the world. You feel me? I seen and and the what, world. what were those options at the time? Game banging and sports, you feel me? So that's what I was. Not a lot of options. That's what I was, you feel me, driven to. You feel me? Like I seen all these things up on TV. My parents told me I can do this and I can do that. But you feel me? When I walk outside my door, all I'm seeing is the game bangers. You feel me? I'm seeing people playing sports, football, basketball. You feel me? I'm not really seeing too many business people, too many doctors, lawyers. I'm not seeing too much, too much of that. So I'm like, yeah. that's not for my group of people. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. Um, and that's what. Brought up my whole high school years, my grammar school years. So all I was doing was game banging the sports. You feel me? I'm either fighting or I'm on the court. You feel me? And I ain't really see too much for myself. You feel me? And then I'm like, damn, I can't really do certain things just because of the way that I grew up, because of my skin color, because of the way that I speak, the way that I dress. I can't be in certain type of rooms. You feel me? But all that was was false. Mm. You feel me? Um, I heard this uh, woman talk. Her name is Mara. You feel me? Uh, she came to the situation a little different, you feel me? She, she approached it in a way where I had the power to do whatever I wanted to do in my lifestyle, you feel me? No matter what's going on on the outside world, you feel me? I got the power on the inside of me to make these who, things Who was happen. she to you? Uh, she wasn't nobody at first, but now she's one of my mentors. You feel me? I, I, was she a teacher? Was no, she... she wasn't a teacher. She was she, she was visiting from, from New York. Uh, it, uh, my uh, school I went to it was called Perspectives, Perspective Leadership Academy. They hold like a uh, different type of peace summits every year. And she in Chicago? Speakers. Yeah, it's in Chicago. Is it Progressive Leadership Academy? Perspectives. Perspectives. Because I'm, I'm yeah. going. I'm going. I'm speaking at. Yeah. Progr- I think it's Progressive Leadership <laughs> Academy. I, I gotta look that up. I, I'm, I'm speaking there soon. It's it's, is it in Inglewood? Uh, no, nah, it's in Arborgresham. Okay. Di- different than okay, I'm yeah, it's I'm an uh, okay. They they uh, do like peace summits every year, and then Great. she was one of the guest speakers, and then I just caught on to what she was saying. Yeah, you feel me? and then yeah, breakout groups. No one before that said that you have something within yourself to do whatever you want. No one has said that before. Yeah, but you gotta really feel it though. You feel Some, me? Like, so, people so what? Can what say, was? What was? Is it how she said it? Did she bring context to the situation? Like how- a lot of people approach that situation in a way like. You gotta wait on the president to do something. You feel me? You gotta wait on your teacher to make certain decisions. You gotta wait on all the men to clean up the streets in order mm. for the streets to be clean. You feel me? Nobody ever told me I can go out there and do that myself. You feel me? Showing me different ways that that's possible. You feel me? Mm. People can tell you that, but people ain't gonna show you that it's different ways to make that possible. You feel me? She was showing me different ways to make that possible. Instead and of just talking it, she was really walking it. I'm sure it me? means, um, which, is she black herself? No, she white. She white. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it, to make it more relatable, it, it helps to be of the same skin color. Sometimes. Mm. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Some Sometimes words can come from different people. You feel me? Like different people. Oh, I, feel I, I agree. But I, I feel like I would not 
makes more as much of an impact uh, in certain communities if I'm not if I'm not of the same skin color. But it's nice to hear that that's not really the case. Like you would still give me the time of day if I were to come to your school mm-hmm. and speak to someone that I did not have the same experiences growing up with. Because if you real, you real. You feel me? She not coming in in a in a in a in a, in a place of understand where you coming from or I know how you feel you feel me? I know what you're going through she didn't come me? off that she way she didn't come off like that oh. it just came off like genuine like I understand what you're going through feel me? let me just show you different ways not tell you what to do you feel me tell you how you're supposed to be living tell you how you supposed to let me just show you something you can take how you want it mm. you feel me but a lot of people want to push something on you you feel me you should do it force this it way. on you force it on you it wasn't a force you feel me people don't do well. human mm. beings don't do good with being forced to you feel me? Do some things. You feel me? I'm like, okay, this is a genuine vibe. You yeah. feel me? Like they yeah. say real, recognize real. You feel me? It, it didn't come off in a bougie way or nothing like that. You okay. feel me? So you can feel the the realness in it. Okay. You feel me? So I felt that and I just listened to the words what she was saying and just clicked inside me like, you feel me? Maybe she is on to something. You okay. You feel me? And okay. that's what sparked everything. Really? And, and I'm sure even after that, it, it wasn't easy kind of just pivoting mentality of just like seeing what what's what options are currently in front of you and what could be. I'm still progressing. With You're it. still progressing. I'm still progressing. You feel me? It's a, it's, it's a lifelong journey. You feel me? Just because yeah. I understand this don't mean that my life just completely changed. You feel me? It's, I'm still growing. That day is life's and a climb. I'll, I'll put this out there, but I, we don't have to get get too deep into it now. But do you feel like it, it would be easier to just physically leave this location to provide different options for you. Cause also the other part of me is you want to give back to where you came from. Right. And you want to change things for the better, but to get, to get to that next level, sometimes it's just easier to, to leave, mm-hmm. but you guys are still in it. So I, I don't know. I mean, some people, you know, I, I think of, of, you know, obviously D Rose, but like other people that feel like they have to leave to make something of themselves before they come back. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> it's crazy you say that because we be always talking about like how we feel like people get more love outside the city that's from Chicago versus than people that's loving on the people that's actually in Chicago. Like you get more love after you, you know, get love from Texas or New York or somewhere else. Then everybody here be like, oh, you know what? He from Chicago. And it's like, <laughs> I've been from Chicago. So, yeah, we feel that all the time. But we don't. Um, you don't let it stop you. No, nah, because we're not doing it for that. For, for the the cred or anything right like that. for the yeah. fame and yeah. for the glory like you know of course you want to get respected and get certain type of credit for what you did but not letting that drive you to do the things and the actions that you're making it's something deeper it's way deeper than that at this point it's really just about being the change that we want to see mm-hmm. and um acting so not just sitting talking about a problem, but actually finding solutions. And if we can't find the solutions, um, similar to like what bro was saying, we create an opportunity for maybe somebody else to find a solution. You know, we could have a room full of people that have different backgrounds and different power levels from mayors, from teachers, from certain aldermans, from certain people that can hear from people that don't have as much um, power as they do. And that's that's the key, guys, is... You know, I'm sure you've heard like your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm. And what's tough for a lot of these communities is they don't have the opportunities to sit in the same room of, you know, different levels. Right. Um, and you don't have the opportunities to elevate your your network, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so just by doing that alone is uh, is crucial. 
Um, so what personal experiences have you had that have uh, directed you into this path? Uh, for me, I feel like it was like, uh, I guess it was kind of destined for me. I came back from Mississippi. I was down there for two years, you know, after I graduated, take care of my granddad till he passed away. And after that, I was, um, I was doing like demolition because I've been doing demolition on and off, but... Oh. I just wasn't feeling like um like value. Mm-hmm. So like I like to be valued for my work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that I wanna get, throw a parade and like clap and do backflips, but I just like to feel like what I'm contributing, you know, contributing to society is um beneficial and that other people outside of me can see it and value it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just doing something that don't feel like I'm um like I could feel my true worth. You know, mm-hmm. I just was seeing other people in the setting that I was in and I just wanted to do something different. You know, I wanted to carry myself in a different way. And I just quit, you know what I'm saying? I just was like Quit demolition. Yeah, I quit. Because I I asked my boss for, you know, just to double my pay because I was doing double the job mm-hmm. for the day. And I've been working with him for like five or six years. You get what I'm saying? So we got a good relationship. It's not like I'm just coming on my first year, first two weeks, and I'm asking for, you know, mm-hmm. a du- I'm asking you to double what I usually get paid because I get paid by the day. So um, he said no. <laughs> and I'm like, All right, like, is you for real? So I don't know. I I never went back. And I was just trying to find my way. You know, I'm just... You know, thinking like, what am I going to do? Mm. You know, I've been a musician. I've been doing music, but I wasn't, um, you know, I still needed something else to 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 gain more um, knowledge and just experience. Mm-hmm. I needed something else. So my mom used to, um, she used to work with One Solution and mm. she used to go to the um, summits they had. Mm. And, uh, you know, she was like steady asking me to go. For like a year or so And I'm like no You know I was in my own I was still trying to find myself So I wasn't really Like looking You didn't really connect with them At that point No not at that point Yeah So I came to one of the events After so long And When I got in there It was just like a um, It was just like a Like a love pool basically You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying Mm -hmm. It's something that you really Don't see as much In the community just mm-hmm. due to it not being an opportunity to have that. You know, we used to have a lot of block club parties. We used to have a lot of community events to where you would always see that type of love, but it's um it's spread it out more now. So, you know, I come into school and I see about like forty five, fifty teachers and um people from the community, you know. So I'm in there and I'm seeing how People are like really expressing themselves. This is at one solution. This is at a school mm. on the south side oh. that they were hosting um, an event in. Okay. So, but this is yeah, this day event. So, oh nice. You know, I'm just and not just um, just learning and seeing how vulnerable they created the space to be. You know, so like I. I don't we don't really express certain emotions or talk about certain things. Yeah. Where I'm from as much. I'm not unless you're really close with somebody, but that's not like a general topic to where we all sitting in a circle 
talking about how we feel, why yeah. we feel that way, what we could do to get back. So seeing seeing that type of vulnerability in my community and um, seeing the growth part is something that I wanted to be a part of as far as just allowing us to have access to uh, freedom of thought, mm. you know, to learn more about what that means and to not be so attached to every emotion, every thought we have and just living in a more freer space. So I want I I felt that off back. I was um you know, I always help people mm-hmm. before, always just helping people. Like always. I'm the person people call. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm always helping. So that was just like more of me getting developing that on a professional level to mm-hmm. where like now I'm um helping people in in real ways that I can sit back and say like, okay, I did a 15 weeks with this person or I did a nine weeks with this person and they went from dealing with their emotions in this way to where now they could look back and say they're stronger in these areas and like actually seeing the growth on what I'm helping people with versus to me just day-to-day helping people with. Yeah, now you can measure it. Now it's able to be measured. So that's just that's just was my start really was that just going to that event Wanted to be a part of it, going to the internship. We host um, summer internships. And then after that, you know, just, man, went to the moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the moment, what's the relationship between One Solution and Rebels for Peace? So at the moment, um, Rebels for Peace is um, partner with One Solution. Okay. So, Yeah, shout out Eric. Yo, shout out Eric Amar. <laughs> You already know. Um, and to go piggyback off off that and, you know, creating a space for vulnerability, which is, in in my perspective, much needed in, the, in these communities. Like, it's just how much of the day-to-day feels like survival mode? And does it feel like a lug- luxury to be able to sit around and sh- and be vulnerable? Right? Like, most people... Tell me if I'm wrong. Like, d- does it feel... Does it feel like it's a luxury? Like, like to just share your feelings with people versus on a day-to-day basis, it's like I have to just make it through the day and survive. Is that is that the like mm-hmm. typical day-to-day? And, and it's just like, oh, man, I don't have the time to think about my feelings or anything like that, which leads into the other topic of, you know, toxic masculinity or, or defining masculinity for for these groups, for these communities, because, you know, the, the media and, and music videos, they don't really show you know, they, they, in their ways, define masculinity in different ways, mm-hmm. right? And, and it just kind of trickles down into the kids and the, and the next generation. And, you know, it could be so much more. Yeah, I feel like it's, um, it's a privilege because it's not something that we naturally get. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it a privilege is because we have to, we have to create that space for that to happen. That's not something it's learned, that's, right? Right. It's not something that's just being offered. And if it is being offered, it might be from people that's not from the community to where they they offering a program or they offering a certain thing, but back to what you were saying earlier, they not from the community, so they can't really serve the community. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They can try, mm. but it's not effective because in order to provide the correct and direct services, you have to know what you're serving. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to be of the things and the people that you serve. And that's what we are. Like, we from yeah. places, you know, and we could relate and understand without judgment 
mm-hmm. which equals uh, a way for it Th- to be That's growth. what I was trying to get at earlier. Is, yeah. uh, I did not grow up in these communities, so it's hard to just preach to people that I did not you know, have the same experiences growing up with, regardless of color. It's just like I didn't grow up in these circumstances. So as much as I would love to share opportunities and resources, I don't know how much of it will be received because I didn't grow up in the same circumstances. So it's hard to relate sometimes. I feel like your experience is more important than um, anything just because we can all relate to life. We can mm-hmm. all relate to being hurt. We can all relate to failure. We can all relate to um, love. So I feel like if we stick to like those type of topics, that's when you yeah. know growth could happen no matter um, where you at or who you with. I just feel like sometimes when you when people feel like you trying to separate yourself from them, mm-hmm. so you talking in an aspect to where like you up mm-hmm. here, then that's when it's like condescending, right? Right, and it could yeah. easily happen for somebody that's not from the area. Cause right. I grill, you know, like I'm like straight up, man. You fucking up, man. You need to do this. You need to get yourself together. You need to this, that, and that. And they're not gonna look at it like they might look at somebody from the community that that's not from that that's doing that. You mm-hmm. might have to do it in a different manner, mm-hmm. you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just like I, I couldn't deal with people from another community in a certain type of manner that other people can if they from that community or if they know them. So it's really just about how much you know a person. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it got nothing to do with um, where you from or your ethnicity or uh, any of that because we work with all groups. Okay, okay, okay. What What is the uh, the youngest age you've seen become a part of gang life and gang culture? Shit, I started when I was in fourth grade, so shit. So like 11, 10, 11? Yeah, like, but well, there's some people that seven years old got murders. You feel me? Like, they have they, you doing murders? Not they have you doing murders, but it can be, it can happen. You feel like it's been, it's, I guess you can look look it up. You feel me? Like, people was from around that age committing murders in the past. You feel me? Like, it don't really matter your age. It's just, you feel me? Misguidedness. You feel me? You come up in that area and people telling you this how you supposed to live. You mm. feel me? This how you gonna live. How does how does one feel when they're displaying firearms or loads of cash? Is it is it powerful and is it like what are the feelings that we as a group can provide for them that they're getting through gang culture? Um what, is, is, yeah, is, what are they ultimately looking for? Ultimately we looking for well, I personally say I was looking for myself. Mm. So, um, in the black community and in my community, personally, it's hard to know yourself. Our history don't go back far enough for us to know ourselves. You know, other groups have the ability to know where they came from as far as, like, knowing um, a sense of just nationality. Mm-hmm. Overall, language, flag, food. Um, stance, attire, um, the whole breakdown of what makes people or certain groups of people. We don't have a direct line of what makes us up, like how mm-hmm. you could think of other groups, they have that. Mm-hmm. A, a clear depiction of what it means to be certain things. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say no name just so we can stay away from the labeling part, but we know how who to identify like how you can identify 
whatever group. It's certain things that you could look for. The language, the way they um, carry, they, it's certain ways that you could tell, okay, I know what, what that person, or I could get an idea of where they from. We create that, and ours is recreated every 10 years. So if you look throughout um, the course of history, the way that we are labeled and the way that we carry ourselves changes every every 10 years, every so often, because we don't have a true identity because it was taken away from us. So with that being the case, we are just looking for um, different ways to express ourselves. And right now, we're expressing ourselves through violence because we had a breaking point of not having enough resources without, without having enough care around us, without enough um, reparations for our community and our souls. And um, a lot of our fathers are, have been incarcerated, mm-hmm. have been murdered, have been framed, have been uh, prosecuted for crimes that they didn't commit. And it put our group in an um, unfortunate situation. And on top of that, we the smallest group in America. So we don't have the numbers like how other groups have to be able to make mistakes or to be able to do certain things. So that's why with our group, everything seems so like blown out of proportion because we it's not that many of us. So, of course, it's a big deal with all of the kids that's not graduating or that's getting murdered or that's getting being incarcerated because we're a small group. Mm-hmm. But other groups do just as much crime and just as much damage to society as we do. But we're the ones that's honed on and made like the biggest problem because it's easier to keep focus focusing on the problems that we are um, set up in and the problems that we are forced upon so that they don't have to give us a solution or so that we don't have to focus on why is the kids robbing? Why the kids seven, eight years old committing murders? Mm-hmm. Why is there, you know, why do we have access to guns and drugs, but we don't have farms and steel mills? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where we, we don't have the ability to wield guns. We don't have the ability to farm certain drugs. So how are we getting access to this stuff? So a lot of stuff is just pushed on us to be the problem and that's why we are um in this state because we just trying to find ourselves you know you put somebody in a situation where the only thing they could do is a few things and they go that that's what they're gonna do if you only see guns money um drug dealing certain aspects that's that's what you're gonna do and yeah. if in your household you don't have the opportunity to see somebody else doing certain something different. Then the chances of that happening is slim to none. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll all admit that the city provides different resources for different parts of the city. It's very unfair. And at what point do we stop relying on other people, in this case the city, for trying to improve our lives and trying to take more accountability for ourselves. And that's easier said than done for sure. But at what point, and you know, the, the street term is like bootstrapping, just like bring your boots up and just get to work. And one, you know, side tangent that comes to mind is homelessness. And it's not as easy to just tell someone who is living on the streets to just pick your boots up and get to work. Um, a lot of them are facing other difficulties, maybe addiction or other things. And it's hard to get off that right so um what like where what's your perspective on how much 
the actual household should be accountable versus waiting for someone like the city or the mayor to just get, not just handouts, but just provide resources. Cause I just feel like we're going to be holding our breath for things like that to happen, unfortunately. Right. So how much accountability should be placed on the individual family household or the individual? I feel like me personally, from where I came from, I can only speak from what I've seen in my communities. You feel me? Um, I can't put a lot of accountability on the parents. You feel me? You can't? Uh, I can't. Me personally, okay. I can't. Okay. Um, because, because um, I I had both of my parents in the household. You feel me? I had my mom and my dad. Okay. Um, but nine times out of ten, you feel me? The father, you feel me? Don't don't got a, a high school diploma. You feel me? Went to jail. He a felon. You feel me? He can't really get jobs. You feel me? So what's what's else out there for a felon? You feel me? Okay. Sell drugs. You feel me? To fend for their family. You feel me? Like if I if I lose what I'm doing right now, you feel me? If I lose my job, you feel me? If I stop doing roles with peace, you feel me? If I stop having a steady income, I'm going to get in a sense of desperation. You mm-hmm. feel me? Desperation make you do things that you didn't really think that you were going to be doing in your lifetime. You feel me? Because you're desperate. So you're just moving off emotions and adrenaline. So you're just moving. You're not really thinking about the consequences. You're just thinking about, I need to get this from my family. You feel me? So this was this person is... is this this person is... is is about to go do and then my mama she worked jobs you feel me so she was gone most of the day so it's hard to be a mom so it's hard to be a mom yeah. and it's hard to be a father you feel me so it's hard to teach it's hard to raise your kid when you gotta put food on the table you gotta pay the bills and ain't the and them jobs ain't paying you feel me They're not paying too much so you so 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 it's like i gotta get two jobs you feel me i gotta sell more drugs i gotta do more of this i gotta do more outside of raising my kids you feel me yeah and I feel like that's a system thing. That's nothing to do with the parents. You feel me? The parents is doing the best they can do. People, human beings, is doing the best that they can do. You feel me? It's the system is just set up for it to be like that. You feel me? So I can say the parents got some accountability, but I can't put all of it on them because they were just doing the best that they can do. You feel me? I understand what my mom was going through. You feel me? She was a struggling parent. You feel me? Then when my, when my pops went to jail, it was just my mama. Wait, you did feel you always me? have this perspective? No, I ain't always had this perspective. You feel me? I did more reading. I did. I watched videos. You feel me? Had my, had my thinking. You feel me? Back then, I just thought that. You feel me? I was working a job. You feel me? I got some shoes every now and then. I didn't really <laughs> think that. You feel me? Like it went this deep. You feel me? I just thought that if my mom would have went to school and did this and did that, you feel me? My life would have been better. You feel me? I'm like, damn, like. But it ain't always that. It ain't always like that. You were playing the blame game before? I was playing the blame game before. You feel me? Now, I'm older. I did more. I had my learning. You feel me? And I can see, like, man, there's more things that played into my mama being like this. There's more things that played into my pops being like this in order for them not to, you feel me, fully be in my life. You feel me? And I understood that. You feel me? That's why I said I can't put too much accountability up on the parents, you feel me? Because it's a system that's put in place for them to be like this. You feel me? You put a whole bunch of people uh, un- in them. Unfortunately, it's, it feels like a generational thing yeah. in the sense that these issues might stop at your generation because you have kind of taken, you, you've elevated in a way, right? And you're passing that knowledge to other youth as well. Um, 
but on, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's generational. Yeah. Right, and the system is set up for us to fail. System right. is set up for it. You feel mm-hmm. me? System is doing what it's supposed to do. It's it's duty. Because a lot of the comments that I read when you know on these post headlines of like, you know, teens that are carjacking or mm-hmm. catalytic converters being stolen or people being head up held up at like broad daylight, Amazon packages being stolen and you know, the comments are like, Where where are these parents where are these kids' parents? You know, where they working, dang. So it's not and it's not always a broken home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be mom and dad are still around but they're they're just so they're hustling left and right that they they don't have the time to be a mom and dad mm-hmm. right and uh you know there are other groups besides rebels for peace that are trying to change you know the narrative and change Most you definitely. know the system and things like that but um what what else you know what else are these kids looking for what what do they want to feel B- bottom line i want to feel love yeah, and you know. it's unfortunate that, you know, and, you know, family comes in many forms, whether it's friends or family, but, you know, depending on who is the closest around you, you feel some love maybe from, from this person, even though they're gang affiliated, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to gravitate towards that. Just want love. You know, we just want to be um, appreciated. We want to feel connected to something, and we want to grow. So, you know, if certain situations offering you that, that might not be... Um, the best or might not be positive, you are still partaking it just because of the situation that you're in. Yeah. You know, a lot of us not making the decision that we will naturally make. We making a survival decision. Mm. So like what bro was saying, when you make people desperate, they do desperate things. You know, if somebody's starving, they gonna start thinking differently than they would if they had a full stomach. So it's just realizing that part of why Stuff is going on. I'm, we gotta like get away from the actual problem mm. because we ain't already did the um, put the guns down. We ain't already fed the the people that might not be able to feed themselves, and that's not really that's um, just superficial, right? Okay, we gotta get to the origin, so, so the root cause, right? If we really want to fix it, let's figure out why is this group going through this more than other groups sure yeah and and then we'll see the indifference and the lack of resources and understanding in certain communities versus to others even the way that we get dealt with by police is more aggressive and um degrading than other groups like a lot of of what we go through is it's like set up like, we got a, a baseline of, like, you already know what you're going to go through. You know what to do. You know how certain people going to look at you. And we accept it to an extent. But like you said, now we're not accepting it. Like, so our group is the one that's, like, we're done. I feel like the last generation was so focused on surviving. Like, what bro was saying, that they didn't have as as much time to to do what we doing. Because they were surviving. They had just came out of the um, crack epidemic. It was mm-hmm. a, a lot of stuff. The projects was getting tore down. So our community, we didn't have as much time for growth mm. as others. We have always been surviving. We always been moving. From the Great Migration, when my grandfather and my grandmother them came up here from Jackson, Mississippi, we've always been moving and working. We've never really had time to 
set up shop and get plant roots established yeah okay well um so that being said i'm trying to get on another guest who uh was the first black owned firearms uh mm. shop owner and uh he's been uh he's uh in been in two self-defense situations where he had to shoot someone out of self-defense mm. and his attorney got him out, out of it both times um and uh, i wanted to co- i wanted him to come on and, and tell a story but he was in illinois the first uh, black owned firearms owner wow. or shop owner that's great yeah what's yeah. his name i forgot his last name his, his first name is michael uh and it's michael with a y Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the instances uh, was in here uh, or in this neighborhood, the little village neighborhood where he was uh, going to his girlfriend's house uh, and he was with his kid. He was walking through an alley and another guy thought he was uh, a gangbanger and uh, thought he was in the wrong area. So the other guy shot first and then he shot back out of self-defense. Um, but, you know, me being a recent you know, concealed carry license owner, uh, you learn things like, this is your last resort. You never want to shoot someone unless your life is on the line. But once you do shoot someone, uh, you are now facing a lot of issues with the law. And just because you're a concealed carry license holder doesn't mean you're automatically a good guy. And you mm-hmm. are, we are taught to actually not say anything. Uh, you just call 911, ask for police in an ambulance, uh, and hang up the phone. And say that you will comply when they arrive, uh, when the cops arrive and they question you, you just, you'll comply, but you need an attorney there because anything you say and how you say it, especially in person or on the phone, it's all recorded. Mm-hmm. That can be used to incriminate you. And so it's not like you're a bad guy, but you know, you're going to be facing some issues because you mm-hmm. shot someone. It doesn't mean you're automatically a good guy because you har- carry this concealed carry license. You got to prove your right. You got to prove your right. Right. Um, and yeah, his attorney got him off twice. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I hope to have him on and, to have him share, you know, it's it's one thing to hear a story about self-defense shootings, um, but I think it's extra special because he's black. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I mean, there, I'm sure there are, and when I took the class myself, I was in a room full of all types of people, black, white, Asian, all, all age ranges from 20s to 30s to even 60s, 70s uh, year mm. old. So, you know, you hear stories like people being carjacked and things like that, and it's, you worry for the kids or whoever's doing the carjacking for them to be met with someone who is carrying now. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if you yourself were faced in a situation, let's say you were a convenience store owner or a guest, you know, guest uh, store owner, um, and, uh, or, or you were driving a car and you were carjacked, what would you tell that person as it was happening? Would you try to provide options like, hey, you don't need the, you don't need to do this? Would you give up your car? Like, what, what would you guys do? In I ain't need going to lie. You feel me? Like, if somebody got a gun in my head, you feel me? Like, like get out your car and walk out the band. And, and you feel me? I'm not in a position to, you feel me, defend myself. Hey, gang, you feel me? Get the car. You feel me? Like, you would just give it, give, you would just give it up. I'm giving it up. You feel me? My life ain't worth this car. You feel me? Like, if you got a gun point to my head, man, get nah. out the car. Get, give me the phone. Give me the money. You feel me? I, I don't got nothing to say to you, gang, because, like what we said earlier, desperation makes you do some things. You wouldn't even you try to, like, hey, I'm not trying you, don't, to dis- you don't even want to connect it. Dis escalate the situation. I just want you to go on about your business so I can get back to the crib. That's it. 
You feel me? I can wow. get another car. I can give me another joint. You <laughs> feel me? Go on about your business. You feel me? Because desperation makes you do some. I can if I'm trying to de-escalate it. It, it can still lead to escalation. You mm-hmm. feel me? Because he might think I'm playing with him. You are you stalling? Like you feel me? Like oh. it can be a lot of different things going through that man's head. You feel me? And I ain't even trying to play with you right now. So yeah. Get the key. I gassed it up for you. Yeah, you feel and, like, and me? Like, uh, after after tripping. after it's it's all said and done, what do you think is the uh, the feeling about calling the police at that point? Is it is it too late at that point? I'm calling the insurance company. Insurance I ain't company. still calling the police. I'm Ooh. calling the insurance company. I, I need. I'm calling the insurance company. What do the police need to do in order for them to have a different perspective on them? They need to, like you said, they need to be from the community. So we got a lot of people policing areas they not from. Mm. It's not going to work. It's tough being a cop these days, though. It is, but it's easier to be a cop in the neighborhood you grew up in. Cause people you, would still trust them? They ain't got no choice to. They grew up with them. They know them. You know all the people's in the shops. You know all the people in your community. You've been there 15, 20 years. Yeah. They don't know us. Yeah. We don't know them. They A lot of them coming from out the country. A lot of the cops now are not even uh, American. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can understand you feel me that that the police perspective too though. You feel like they be they be going through shit. They be scared too. You feel yeah. me? But nine yeah. ten out of ten, you feel me? Y'all did more shit to us than we did to y'all. We supposed to be the ones that's more. I, you feel me I, on a I, I, on an offense? I, you feel I, me? I wonder how many good cops versus are are there versus bad cops? And you I'm sure me? you know the media highlights the bad cops, and it's so unfortunate. You feel me? Then like you see a group of lions coming up, you're not gonna pick which one from the bite. You just gonna get out the way. You feel me? You're not gonna go wanna. A friend, you know, a friend used this analogy. It's like if mm-hmm. if I handed you a bowl of Skittles and I told you three of them were poisonous, would you eat any of the Skittles? You feel no. me? Like, <laughs> then it comes down to understanding too. You feel me? Like you gotta be understand. Like you feel me? Like a lot of the police feel me, they just want to get back home to their people. You mm-hmm. feel me? So do we. Fact. You feel me? It's vice versa. You feel me? You want to get home to your people. I want to get home to my people. You feel me? Without having to go to jail. Without having to. You feel me? Get restrained and some some shit like that. You feel me? I want to go home too. You feel me? They use the term. I want to go home. I was in the field of my life. You feel how, me? How many Vice times? Versa. How many times have you guys been pulled over for no reason? I just got pulled over and just had court on my birthday uh, last last month, October twenty fourth, for speeding. And they charged me with aggressive speeding. And the and the uh, judge looked at it like they were just messing with you. Four white cops. You feel me? All 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 black trucks. You feel me? Pulled up on me, took me to jail. You feel me for aggressive speeding, but I, but the judge looked at it, laughed at it, threw it out. You feel me because it was nothing, and I didn't do nothing. You feel me? They I thought I no had no criminal they, record. They, no criminal record. They, 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 they thought I had coke. They thought I had weed. They thought I was smoking weed. It wasn't no smoke coming out the car. It wasn't nothing going on. You feel that, me? That's, but it's that's still what's, that's bad. That's what's dangerous. You know? Is they can mm-hmm. come up with reasons to yeah. pull you over. Yeah, and I ain't got nothing to say and, about and, it. The co- the body cam can't can't detect doesn't doesn't record smells so I'd be like I, s- I smell me? some weed in here <laughs> do me? you though <laughs> so it's 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 times where I had some but it's time where I had some good experiences with the police too you feel it's some times where you feel they just I I was speeding I let you go you feel I had some good times but majority mm-hmm. of the time is okay. bad encounters you feel me? yeah that's what I've heard too um, I know my block my hood my city. Uh, mm-hmm. curates tours uh, with the youth in different neighborhoods from Austin to Inglewood. And uh, is that something that Rebels for Peace would be interested in collaborating 
with to provide insight into especially new cops that are in the academy, right? People that, like you said, aren't from the neighborhood, but they could potentially be uh, patrolling these neighborhoods, right? Being a public servant to these neighborhoods. So in my perspective, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, would it be beneficial to show them the ins and outs of, of these neighborhoods through, through the youth that grew up there? I think it's um, the best thing that they could get from that experience is like to, yeah, of course, get a tour, but to be in a um, I'm always wrong mindset when they in our community. Like never think that your judgment is right in our community. Never think that that young boy who you think got a gun really got a gun. Like all of the thoughts that you have in our community think the opposite. So if you think somebody aggressive check your thought and really make sure this person aggressive like don't come in our community with um your perception about how we supposed to be yeah acting. right you, you know what's what's tough it goes it's on both sides the anxiety is on both sides uh i think on both sides you're you're on the edge and when you're on the edge it's tough to make split second decisions mm-hmm. Uh, that are beneficial to both parties right and so the youth for whatever reason you see the blue lights go on or you see cops come up to you correct me if i'm wrong but the feeling is to run from that see the blue cars the blue lights don't come on I just they don't even come them. on it's they don't like, even come on um, you just have this yeah. gut feeling that someone's rolling up on you yeah it just feel weird okay and then and then earlier you share that you know kids as young as what you said seven, seven can be gang affiliated. And so I'm sure cops know this. And so when when cops are chasing kiddos down the block, down an alleyway, you want to also make it home, right? And it's like, worst case scenario, they potentially can have a gun on you. And these kids, mm-hmm. they might, you know, toss it into an alleyway or toss it somewhere, but like, you never know. It's so tough to make these split second decisions. And unfortunately, a lot of these mishaps make it to the news mm-hmm. or end horrifically or and end horrifically that's understanding though that's all that's understanding you feel me but a lot of white people be having guns too you feel yeah. me and they get restrained they don't get killed you're right they don't get shot they get restrained so it's it's, it's, it's i understand it but it's different though you feel no, me? I, I do it's, it's, yeah. it's, look it's, it's real as, different we looked at as like they more scared of us than we is of them. Ooh, okay. And they got guns. And they got tasers. And they got 100,000 people they could call for backup. Mm-hmm. It's just me. And mm-hmm. they they that fearful of our body, of our presence. So that's why I feel like they shouldn't police us because that's how mistakes happen. You know when you're uncomfortable, you, could make, you might make more mistakes than you On would. On both sides. You might. You know what I'm saying? You uncomfortable at the dinner. You might spill your drink. Rather versus if you was at the round table with your friends, you'll be at the same table, you'll be good. So yeah, it's like yeah. they, they are uncomfortable. We need people that's comfortable. So like when you sound like in that split moment, it of course it's gonna more likely something bad gonna happen with somebody that's uncomfortable or that's not knowledgeable of what problem they handling and who they dealing with. Cause we solve problems all the time. Yeah. On in a split second moment. So that, that's that's what I'm saying is in addition to tours, what if some of these people in the academy spent more time with, with you all, if you kind of created a sub-program within schools, anything, any opportunity for them to spend more time with the community that they potentially can serve is what I'm trying to get at. It doesn't have I, to be a tour. It could I can be, understand that. 
just spend more time with the community that you're serving. It's not just about policing. It's being a public servant. I can understand it. Showing face, you know, just serving your community. Just that's all it is, you know. And I think that comes from, like you said, any opportunity you can find to build comfort with each other. Mm-hmm. To show that it's not always bad. Like you feel not always patrolling, but actually getting into the community, doing some other shit. You feel you don't always gotta be on patrol twenty four seven. You feel me? Step out the car, play football, yeah. or you feel me? Do some connecting. You feel me? Then yeah. you will get a different perspective when you chasing that little boy down the street. You feel me? You will get a different. You will get a different perspective. What? What are some? You know, because I I'm tired of waiting for the city to provide resources for these for these uh, underserved communities, but. What can people or businesses do to invigorate these communities? Uh, there's a uh, one one place, the winery. There's a Bronzeville winery that I still have yet to visit mm. uh, that I really want to visit. And down the block from uh, HQ, uh, we we visited Virtue uh, mm-hmm. uh, recently, and you know, a lot of business owners are reluctant to come into neighborhoods that are high crime, right? But like, what comes? What has to come first? Is it banks is it businesses is it restaurants where does change begin i guess how do we how do we re reinfuse uh commerce and opportunity into some of these neighborhoods if the city won't right we need to um learn our worth relearn our worth okay so we got a we basing um a lot of our, our value off of um monetary things okay. that don't really serve us or the people around us yeah it's more like self beneficial so we need to just be more united as a community as a group as the smallest group we need to be um we need to hold each other accountable for the right things mm-hmm. and i feel like the start of that is knowing what the problem is i feel like a lot of us don't really know what's going on or knowledgeable of why we in the situation we in or why we make the moves that we make many of us we we have no choice of where we're born into or what we're born into right right so learning more about that will make which makes me love on other black brothers and sisters more the more that i understand how hurt they is how much they have been through how underserved they is how uncared they are from the world from their community just the more i'm able to love on them when i'm getting that pushback or when i'm getting um hate or for doing what you do for existing what who's hating on it it's not a hate but just not getting the love that Uh you giving you know what i'm saying so it's a lot of situations that i still deal with that could go left but i don't engage with that energy that i'm getting because i can understand where it's coming from so like if I if I know how you you grew up in an unfortunate situation, then I can understand why you got an attitude with me even though I ain't do nothing to you. Okay. You're not mad at me, you mad at the world. And that's what a lot of us in our community is doing is that we so mad at the world and at everything outside of each other that we taking it out on on us. Sometimes on each other, right? Mostly of that's because that's the closest thing to you. It's easier for me to do something to bro because we right next to each other versus to me going and figuring out why I even feel some type of way. So I feel like the knowledge of of us. How do you explain ego to the youth? 
how do you how do you put it in words that the youth can understand or relate to? Because you know, I you you're not completely able to dissolve ego, but I think it's very important uh, in your journey of self improvement to recognize that this could be an ego thing. You know, why why are we doing certain things? It's maybe for ego, and maybe our ego has been bruised or hurt a little bit which causes us to lash out. But I think the step in the right direction is to recognize when your ego is hurt uh, so you can stop yourself from lashing out. So how do you explain the concept of ego to the youth? I can share it in a way of, you feel me, just letting them know that it's more than one option. You feel me? You feel me? Like we, you share them like, you feel me? Ego can be negative or positive. You feel me? And, I can't tell you which one is positive or which one is negative. You got to know that for yourself. You feel me? Like a lot of people always try to try to come up to the youth and try to tell them how to do something. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Tell them, okay, this is this your ego. You should listen to this part. You okay. feel me? But who is we to tell this person what they should listen to? You feel me? We can only give advice, and they can take whatever they want to take from it. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I always try to bring it back to show them it's more than one option of what they got. You feel me? Your ego talking, you got two options for your ego, to listen to it or not to listen to it. You don't always got to listen to it. You feel me? And they make their own understanding from that. You feel me? Understand I don't always got to listen to my ego. You feel the, me? The other concept that goes hand in hand with that is like delayed gratification, right? How do, how do you how do you ingrain the concept of it will pay off in the end? It might not pay off right now. It might be a little tougher to go through what you're going through right now if you take this path versus that path, but in the end, it will pay off. I think you can just tell them that. You feel me? Because people tell me that I still don't necessarily believe it. Okay. You feel me? I'm just riding away. I'm just in my journey. You feel me? I can tell them, like, man, your journey going to be ups and downs. You feel me? And in the end, it might be worth it to you, but it might not be worth it to you. You feel me? It's, It's how you view it at the end of the day. You feel me? I can tell you, oh, man, it's going to be worth it at the end of this shit. You feel me? But at the end, you might feel like, damn, I could have did something differently. You feel me? I could have went this way. I could have did this. You feel me? So it's depending on how you feel about the situation. You feel me? So I just say it all depends on how they view it at the end of the day. You feel me? I can tell them this going to work out. This going to work out. You keep doing this. This going to help you right here. You feel me? You're also probably showing in the sense that you're leading by example, right? Mm-hmm. So it's trying to provide as many examples uh, to the youth as, as possible. Uh, That's why I always say if I'm not completely 100%. You yeah. feel? I'm not completely at my top. You feel? I'm not done with my journey. You feel? I'm still working towards it. As I'm mm-hmm. telling y'all this, I'm I'm still working towards it. That's how I know it's real. You mm-hmm. feel? Because I'm doing it myself and it's mm-hmm. working for me. You feel me? So I can tell that to you and you can take however you want with it. Yeah. I'm not telling you how to do it or what to do. I'm just showing you my life, give you my experiences, give you my stories. And you can take whichever pieces yeah, you want yeah. with it. You, you know, uh, the, the famous saying is uh, lead a horse to water. You can't force it to mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, I'll just say, too, about what you were saying on the ego part. Like, I like to talk from respect. So I feel like in our community, we look for respect a lot outside ourselves. So that's where a lot of um, unfortunate situations happen when people feel disrespected. Right. So I feel like if we could rewire the way we think about respect and disrespect and understand that no one outside of yourself can disrespect you. So 
Meaning that you're to the, have enough self respect, right? To have mm-hmm. enough self respect and enough understanding around respect, just understanding yeah. the real definition of respect, not what we use it for. Like we use it for power, we use it for um, to get talked to a certain way, to get a certain type of treatment, no yeah. Instead of understanding that that's not real, mm-hmm. the real respect is how you treat others and how you treat yourself. And then that bases your respect from there, not how people look at you or how people treat you due to them fearing you or due to you being able to offer them something or having a certain power or title position. Understanding that the respect comes from self. And then from that self-respect, no one outside of you can disrespect you. So where then you avoid a lot of situations where you feel disrespected because it will rarely happen because you will never get in that space because you understand yeah. that you're the only one that can give yourself respect. How did you guys learn the concept of uh, giving to give? So, Dejan, like you, you were saying earlier, you're just sharing your experiences and you don't have any expectations of whether these people who are listening will take your advice. Mm-hmm. So how do you? where did you learn this concept of give to give without any expectation you know some people give with an expectation to receive something in return i can share that uh it's like like i said i share my own experiences you feel me and i didn't deal with people that but, but you don't expect anything to happen but i did oh you know oh, you did you, you did it that's that's oh, why i stopped oh. you feel me i did expect other people to you feel me and i can share uh experience you feel me like with my homies you mm-hmm. feel me and share my brothers and my sisters you feel me like mm-hmm. the work that i do um, I try to talk to them and tell them like you feel me, get them what I'm talking with the kids. You feel mm-hmm. me? Sometimes it click, sometimes it, it don't click. You feel me? Then when they get into trouble, I blame myself. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like what didn't I do to stop this? You feel me? What I could have did differently to stop this from happening? You feel mm-hmm. me? Like my expectations wasn't met, so now I'm down. Like damn, I was I ain't do what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And to stop myself from being down to. Let myself know, like, I, I did everything that I know I could have did, mm-hmm. you feel me? But I can't put expectation on a human being because human beings change. They they evolve. They grow. They they tricky. They they different, you feel me? So I can't put no expectation on I can just speak my truth and allow you to take what you can and not take what you don't want to take, you feel me? So I don't have no expectation for how the end thing is. I just know I'm speaking my truth, mm-hmm. and you can need to take it. Well, you don't gotta take it. You feel me? And that's just how I live my life. You that's feel great. me? Now yeah. I, I live my life. So mm-hmm. when people come up to me like, "Oh man, folks just went to jail." Oh, I was just talking to folks yesterday, man. I told them don't do that, man. What I, I am? I should have. I should have. I should have. I should have did this. I should have did that. You feel me? But to stop me from letting that on me, you feel? I tell them I did everything I can. Goes back feel? to accountability. You feel? Mm-hmm. I did everything I can. This person just didn't see it yet. You feel this person is too stuck in their own reality. You feel that that, that desperation. Mm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I can tell these people anything. Y'all got to do that. But if they still broke, they still hungry, they still. And when we say broke, it's a mentality thing, right? It's not it, broke. Doesn't just mean money. It's just like it's it's most of the time in my community, it means money. 
it means money me. but 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 what you guys are doing is you're switching the mentality from the scarcity broke mindset to the abundant mindset where you're developing self-respect for like and self-improvement mm-hmm. and that you can become anything you want to become that's what i mean by you know the rich mindset versus the broke mindset oh yeah but like okay. you said earlier that's better it, it easier do, said do, than done it, it doesn't help when they're financially broke either it don't I, help i know it it'll it'll come off like you want a higher level than me, or it'll just be misinterpreted just because right, of the mindset right, right, that right, they in. Right, you right, feel me? So they, right. it won't come off right. And I can't fault myself from that. Yeah. I just got to, that they just didn't see it. You mm-hmm. feel me? I did yeah. what I can. They just didn't see it. That's why I don't really have expectations for when I speak to people. You sure. feel me? I feel like y'all going to do what y'all want to do with it regardless. So let me not even make expectations. You feel me? I just hope for the better. You yeah. feel me? I yeah. hope for the better. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna be mad if it don't happen. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, what were your experiences through the Black Lives Matter movement a few years ago? Mm. Um, my experiences was just a lot of anger. Um, just being angry, I feel like really that was my. I was so just just a- angry, angry at, at myself. Um, angry at society and i feel like i just felt like um like it feels like we didn't make any improvement i feel like we have made improvement we're improving every day i'm not gonna take away yeah the improvement but i just i just really think that um i'm not saying that nothing that happened then wasn't you know, tragic or anything, but I'm just saying we have, we've been going through stuff for, now I'm not even going, we've been going through police brutality and neglect and abuse from power officials forever. So I just didn't understand why it was so important at that time until now. Okay. Which was like, okay, it was COVID. So COVID put a lot of people in a position to look at what's going on in the black community or in the black um, life. In in what way? In a way of like people having more, less time to, to live their great lives, to live their best lives that they live. Because a lot of stuff was shut down and postponed to where people was forced to look at what we go through on the regular. Mm. versus to how maybe now it could be more washed down and watered down because of access to things are opening back up, airplanes, um, traveling, basically just the world is back running. So now it's not as important as it was then. You know what I'm saying? Because we still we still going through the same problems. Black people, black men still being murdered. Stuff is still happening. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed is the world is back moving fast. So now people back living their best life and we're not prioritized no more. Mm-hmm. And it's not as um, lucrative as it was at that time. Yeah. I feel like that was a good business thing for people to be involved in and care about at that time. Lot, lots of black-owned businesses go booming after that. And also um, other ethnicity owned businesses that attached themselves to that at that point mm. but didn't before that so like now that it's black lives matter yeah let's everybody let's 
you know, sponsor and jump in and care because it's good for what we doing. But are we doing that now? And do we still care about their community now that it's not as lucrative to whatever it is that they are involved in? So no. So it's just me. I really just realized that, you know, we are, we have to care about ourselves. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I felt like a lot of why I was angry at myself is because I'm always looking for other groups or the groups that we blame the most of our problems on mm. to solve it, the problems yeah, or to do something different. So I'm, I, that's a lot of why I was mad at myself is because it's like after so many generations, why am I still thinking that they are going to change something or that they're going to be easier or make a way for or resources or um, better policing or better. Like, why, why do I still think that that's going to happen? That's why I was angry at myself because it's like I'm, I'm steady just thinking like, oh, it's going to change. It's going to change. But it's not going to change unless we change it. So, And that's what's tough. I think we started the conversation with that, with this concept of accountability. Mm-hmm. And it starts with self-love and and a, a concept or understanding the concept of respect, respect for others, respect for yourself, uh, and having the understanding that no one's going to care about your life as much as you do. No one's going to come in and fix anything. I'm not going to hold my breath for anyone to come fix that. And I say that from a place of, you know, uh, privilege, you know, I, and I didn't grow up in an underserved community. And I can't imagine, you know, it, it is a privilege to be able to think like that. But I think that is the key to kind of unlocking that next level mentality unfortunately it's sorry i can't i can't can't experience what it's like to to be in survival mode every day uh mm-hmm. and not have the time to think about self-love and self-respect and things like that right that's a blessing yeah. to be able to yeah to live in that space and there's nothing wrong with that like i respect people that understand um the blessings that they have you know we could call it privileges but it's blessings you know it's a blessing to be able to have the opportunity to think mm-hmm. about you know ideas or who you want to be or you know what school you're going to or what trade you're going or just thinking instead of like surviving yeah. and being in the space of not having no bandwidth in your brain mm-hmm. to make productive and positive decisions you know because you always scrambling and that's what a lot of the understanding of the mind has done for me, which is just allowing me to understand all of my value comes from inside. No matter how much materialistic things I acquire or how far I upgrade myself um, in the physical plane, everything that makes my value and that is my higher essence and everything that just everything that i think that makes me powerful or i think that makes me i don't know like better worthy worthy mm-hmm. is already the yeah. inside yeah. so yeah. just rem- reminding myself that on the regular when i'm feeling insecure when i'm seeing things or places that i'm not at that i feel like i should be in it's just reminding myself that i'm whole where i am and that's really what's key to to everything. It's just knowing your self-worth and knowing that nothing outside of you is more valuable than you. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, 
Would you like to see anything else from the movement, the BLM movement? Uh, they're getting a lot of criticism for, you know, not helping the black community as much as they should be and, and <laughs> buying up private properties and things like that, right? So, like, would you guys like to see anything? Like, was that was that just a fad? Like, what what is that? Because another set of the comments you see, especially when it's, like, black-on-black crime, it's like, where's, where's Black Lives Matter? Right. Um... And appreciate you guys, you know, handling these tough questions. Nah, yeah, these good questions. Um, I mean, when it comes to that, look, we got love for Black Lives Matter movement. We got love for all movements that's doing productive and positive things for the world and for their community. Um, we are not as uh, informed on the moves sure. and things that they're doing, so it's hard to really speak on it directly. Um, not that we don't care, not that we don't support. We just have been working a lot on our things, and we've been having a lot of um, of our own life problems going on. So where we've been just focusing on ourselves. And see that that's the thing. I think a lot of people that are armchair experts is just like they don't they're not busy enough, and they mm-hmm. just like now they can just spew comments and criticism yeah. at, at people that are doing the work, um, and they're just sitting on the sidelines judging. It's easier to do that. Yeah. And the, the the manipulation of it too You feel me Like they was manipulating The Black Lives Matter movement The, me- the, me? the media Yeah And the mm. people You feel me um, With the With the With the all lives matter part You feel me Like we can't even agree That black lives matter You feel me Like we weren't saying like Black lives only matter No you feel No me? of we course saying not black, just, just black lives matter Yeah But you gonna turn it to but all lives matter. You mm-hmm. feel me? Nah, like if I my girl come ask me, babe, you love me? I say, man, I love everybody. Nah, do you love mm-hmm. me? You feel me? And that's how they try to manipulate situations, try to make it seem like the Black Lives Matter movement was something that was dividing us. You feel me? We was just saying, basically, man, Black Lives Matter. You feel me? We can't even agree that Black Lives Matter. We want to make it into oh, man, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. So you feel me? <laughs> What 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 do you think about Kanye West making the White Lives Matter shirt? I can understand some things that he do, but I can't understand everything. You feel me? But I can yeah. respect his decisions and his, and, his, and his choices. You feel me? I I don't know what was going on in his mindset, um, the plan that he had, the you feel me, the blueprint. You feel me? But from the outside looking in, you feel me? I didn't really fuck with it. You See, feel me? But that, from the that's... inside, I can probably get a different understanding of it. And that's crucial. Uh to be able to reserve judgment for other people because you don't know what's going on in their head. You feel me? You don't know. And a lot of people, yeah, we criticize and judge without truly understanding. You'll never know what someone's... You will never All know. the experiences that led up to that decision, we'll never know, you know, what's going on through that person's uh, head, right? So, yeah, because uh, it's different definitions for mm-hmm. each person. Yeah. It's easier to yeah. look at what somebody doing and trying to make it out to be negative or like racist or all of these things but sometimes um people just proving a point because in a lot of aspects we do um we do support certain lives more than other lives just because of um who we work for uh who we cater to who we um a lot of who we do things for are outside of our group. So, and in a lot of 
pain that's inflicted is two groups like from from our group is from one from us to us so it's like we just got to understand it's just a big understanding because you know when you say black lives matter we got to really live on that you know what i'm saying on everything that we doing as Mm -hmm. far as like what our artists are um persuading to the youth and to the community um the food like everything yeah. The, does black lives really matter or do black lives only matter for violence and mm-hmm. not for produce mm-hmm. or not for community development or not for mental health and like what is what part of black lives matter because that's the thing that gets conflicted it's like y'all only talking about like the fact of us getting hurt and murder y'all not talking about all of the things that matter we only focusing on the violence there's a lot of other stuff that right. a multitude mostly financial and resources so that's the another thing with that is too like we got to really specify what part of the black lives matter are we talking about are we just talking about our existence are we talking about police brutality like what part yeah. of that and specifying that and us displaying what that is too like because that the black lives matter comes from us so we got to be the ones on the forefront agreeing and setting up things and saying what really matters for us and not a group on the outside saying, oh, well, this Black Lives Matter and this is, we the ones should be making what matters and calling the shots and treasuring the money and yeah. all of the things that's not happening. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, in many senses. I know I know there's a, her name escapes me at the moment, but she's highlighting the redlining that went on in the city uh, and how certain homes uh, in the south side just get auctioned off for pennies, dollars, compared to what they should be worth. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, there's there's a lot to it. And you're right, you're right. It's not just about violence. Uh, it's so much more. I mean, the concept of the south and west sides being food deserts, right? Like, how, how far does someone in the south side have to travel for proper nutrition and proper groceries way outside and that concept you know how many families understand the concept of proper nutrition Mm. right financial literacy how many banks are there in the south and west sides versus versus how many currency exchanges you know how many Mm -hmm. people are are just using payday loans with insane amounts of interest rates uh versus using banks to get loans to get mortgages you know things that'll pay you back eventually um so yeah it goes it's generational unfortunately um but i'm glad you guys are onto something great and it 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 truly starts with the individual um and you guys are so busy that you don't really have time to worry about anything else (laughs) i i understand you know and and uh there's a great quote i'm not going to read it right now by i believe roosevelt but it's about the man in the arena uh, and it's easy for people on the outside of the arena to judge the people that are within the arena, but they'll never know what you're going through because they're on the outside, you're on the inside. Okay. Um, do you guys have, you know, what, what are, it's it's a little over an hour, but do you guys like want to share what you currently you've been working on and what you're looking forward to as far as Rebels for Peace with the audience? Um, going to California tomorrow. Damn. First time, huh? Yeah. You excited? It's my first time going to Cali. <laughs> we got a fundraiser. Um, so we fundraising. Anybody want to donate to Rebels for Peace campaign, um, supporting the youth, and 
you know, just allowing us to grow in the more areas that we can serve. We look at to hire more people. We look at to serve um, more schools in our community and outside. And to be able to do that, we need to grow. So we just trying to really that's a lot of what's just focusing fundraising, growing the organization and taking us to um, the next level of serving our community. Right now, our main focus is getting back into the schools. So thanks, COVID. Man, you know what I'm saying? It's a little COVID and a little CPS. So, but it's all love. Um, that's just, I'll just say those things. I'll say, bro, some stuff. Just mainly just California, um, Portland, and um, getting back into the schools is our main priority. And um, anybody that wants to see change in Chicago that cares about resilience and the youth having a different opportunity to learn about their mind and dabble in a safer space of life and seeing that there's more opportunities outside of where they live and what they see then you know support us at you know Rebels for Peace um, I couldn't say it no better you feel me just to pick it back up what bro was saying um, we do internships for the uh, summer for uh, six weeks and right now we're trying to expand that you feel me? Because because we know and see that you feel me. It's what six what positions? Weeks. What kind of interns are you looking for? Um, depending on which summer that we're doing, you feel me? We didn't did are, different are these type like of internships. Mentors or what? What kind of internships? Uh, mm-hmm. leadership internships, oh, okay, like okay. to grow the leadership mentality. We did um, creative internship. What what we focus on helping them grow their creative abilities as far as like drawing, photography, mm. um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a mentoring thing where we had many rebels with older rebels to bridge the gap between the two different generations, you feel me? Showing oh, yeah. like one learning from the next, you feel me? So we didn't have many different type of genres or flavors of internship, you feel me? So it's just not s- like one thing, mm-hmm. you feel me? So it's multiple times. Um, but we trying to Expand that to do something for the whole year. You feel me? More time with them. Um, that builds the better relationship. You yeah. feel me? And then yeah. um, once that happens, then we can probably, well, uh, Prince was saying earlier, uh, build our team. You feel me? Have them come on and, you feel me, share what they didn't learn to the youth. You feel me? Just to pass that knowledge on. You feel me? We don't want them to just hold it for themselves. But when you feel better, you do better. So when you get some positive knowledge and you and you and it's feeling, like, good inside of you, Pass that to the younger generation. Just help them get that platform. So we're working inside with the school. So we want to bring different people in there to talk to the kids. You feel mm-hmm. me? Show them like, man, this helped me. What has helped mm-hmm. you? You feel me? In what ways has that helped you? In what ways do you think that can help the younger generation? You feel me? Asking yeah. those type of questions. So that's what we own too right now. And traveling. You feel me? Um, getting everything together. We going to Portland too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we uh, did some work out there with the juvenile system. So we going out there to work with them again. So that should be dope. Do you guys work with Juvie here as well? No, not yet. Not yet. Um, we're oh. trying to get that connection. Wow. So so that we could get in there. We um we definitely anybody that know any connections or that can make that process happen faster, we definitely open to that. Yeah, because that's dope though, bro. Like what Prince said earlier, like oh no, we get way more tracks from outside than the city though. It is weird, huh? Like, it is it's like, weird how that we is. We get some tracks from the city, <laughs> but it's way more outside the city though. It's crazy, but you feel me? That's how it is. Still love y'all, Chicago. It's all good. Yeah, I, I didn't know that you guys were, were doing stuff nationally uh, outside mm-hmm. of Chicago. Yeah. So. Africa, Israel, Palestine. Oh, really? Really? A couple really? different things. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, good for you guys. I'm very proud. Uh, 
And uh, like I, you know, said earlier, um, Dejan, you look like a man now. Like you, yeah. I mean, you look like a kid. You know, in the last episode, it was like almost a, a couple of years ago now. But yeah. like, I told um, bro, you grew up. You grew man. up, man. You grew up. It's good to see. It's good to see. Uh, so very cool. proud of you guys. Uh, yes. I think this was a very fruitful episode. I, mean, I appreciate you guys sharing and tackling these tough questions with me. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a lot of people want to understand and want to help out, but they don't know how. Uh, and so when you guys provide a vessel to help out, maybe you know, the opportunities are there for people to, to help out, mm-hmm. hopefully. So, so. Um, but other than that, be well, guys, uh, and have fun in California. Thank, Thank you, man. man. Thank you, Thank God. You, man. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right, guys. Uh, until next time. Yes, sir. Uh,